Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Box Score Breakdown presented by Hoop-Ball.com. I'm your host, Vince Miracle. You guys can follow me on all social media platforms of at VM Center. And joining me on the second Tuesday of every month, I guess this is the first Tuesday of every month, <laughs> Ethan Noroff. What's going on, buddy? I think I'm here once every couple weeks, so, you know, we'll have yeah. the pleasure. It's Twice all good, man. Uh, you know. Things are moving along, getting ready to get the uh, COVID vaccine on Thursday. So that's big news over here. Dang, really? Yeah, man. So got uh, got the appointment, you know, education and child care. That's how we do it. So yeah. uh, anything to bring my kids back to campus. And uh, it should be uh, it should be an interesting week to what has already been an interesting week. And I just had the misery of watching the Lakers performance against the Sun. So, you know, Can't we're really starting with some type of energy tonight. Can't wait to talk about that. Uh, I really do want to know how that vaccine goes for you. Please keep me updated, and uh, you know I definitely support it. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, will do. Appreciate that. Both, uh, both my parents, uh, you know, in that sixty-five plus tier, they are both recipients of their first and second shots as well. So it's uh, certainly, uh, certainly feels like there's some light at the end of the tunnel for the first time in, in a while. Yeah, it definitely feels good. I love the optimism. As well in the uh, in the market, by the way, in the stock market, uh, had to throw that in there. I know that's horrible timing, though. Uh, let's go ahead and just jump right into this very first game, man. And that is going to be the Grizzlies and the Wizards. Grizzlies go on the road in Washington to take on this hot Wizards team and come out victorious, one twenty-five to one eleven. Ethan, which side do you want to start off on? You want to go with Memphis? Or you want to start off with the Wiz? I mean, I think we should start with the Memphis side. Obviously, they come out not only as the victor in this one, but John Moran goes for his first ever 30-10 and 10 game, 35 points, 5 rebounds, 10 dimes for John Moran on a clean 11-18 of 18 shooting, including a couple of threes, 11-14 of 14 from the foul line. So, you know, if you're going to miss three free throws, you like the volume there, still almost 80%. You love to see that if you're like me and you drafted him early in your fantasy leagues because he hasn't exactly been the highest bang for your buck in terms of the ROI. Yeah, Jaw's kind of been like a roller coaster ride. I think also the injury ties into it and everything like that, but Jaw's definitely been a roller coaster ride for the for the people that picked him early, like you said. Uh, the person that stood out to me for Memphis was Brandon Clark, guy who I picked up off the waiver wires. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've been considering, is he a droppable player? I mean, how close is Jaron Jackson? But I've kind of stayed the course. I've stayed with him. I'm glad that, you know, I saw Dan was talking about him on the show. And in the Discord, and was actually like preaching the same thing. So I was like, "Hey, Danny B says it. Maybe he's right there." And he came in today, started fourteen points, five rebounds, two assists, but those four steals there, Ethan. That that's crazy. Uh, in your opinion, do you 
do you agree that Brandon Clark is a hold even with the with the depth that they have here in Memphis with Winslow and Anderson and possibly Jaron Jackson? Possibly Jaron Jackson Jr. is right. It's, that's everybody's guess. You know, Adam and I were just talking about this on the on the uh, waiver wire show on Sunday, and there were a lot of questions surrounding Brandon Clark. If you stuck with him to this point, I feel like you had to keep sticking with him. So uh, especially after this uh, effort, you know you're going to keep rolling him out there. Uh, I think, you know, guys like Desmond Bain and a guy like Anthony Melton, those are guys who have been, you know, potentially popular waiver wire targets depending on the depth of your league. But I, I think, you know, both of those guys could be candidates. Uh, more Melton than Bain, obviously. But Melton, you know, 26 and a half minutes, 20 points off the bench, four rebounds, five assists, two steals. You love that. And the six threes. I mean, that's a huge night if you're somebody who picked him up and was gambling on him before the All-Star break. Do you think, I mean, and and with that, you saw Tyus Jones only got 14 minutes. So do you think that this is a time, if Melton's still available, you pick him up just to see, like, hey, is that the minutes that he's actually going, going to be seeing now as possibly the backup one, one, two, right? And you're, they're going to cut down the minutes of Tyus Jones, or do you think this is just a, one, of, one of those Melton games where he just got a little extra run? No, I mean, I think you, I think if he's available, you're probably likely to pick him up, right? As if nothing else, in reaction, just to try to be quote unquote proactive. I mean, if you were really proactive, you would have picked him up prior to this, but that's a different story. That said, I think if he's on your waiver wire and you've got somebody who's droppable on your roster, it certainly could make sense given the the upside that we know is there with him. It's always been a matter of playing time, but if he's going to get at least 22, but especially 25, 26 minutes. You know, I don't know that the scoring will always be there. He could certainly hit a few threes. He could contribute defensively. He can produce across the stat sheet. And you love the out-of-position uh, blocks from the point guard position as well. Yeah. Let's go ahead and flip it over to the Wizards side here. And, I, and honestly, for the Wizards, Bradley Bill and Russell Westbrook did all they could. It came down to the other guys uh, really knocking down shots. And it, it was it was kind of hard for, for, for them to get much help in this game. But... Beal and Westbrook both score 23 with six rebounds. Westbrook gets 15 assists. Beal gets five. Steals, Westbrook gets three. Beal gets one. But it was the other guys. I mean, no one else in the starting lineup even scored double digits. You have to go down to Bertans and Avdia off the bench to see double digits scoring. Um, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if there's much about this Wizards team that most people don't already know. But, but what really stands out to you here about this team? I think the thing that continues to stand out for me is how the Wizards use Rui Hachimura. Seven shots in his 25 and a half minutes tonight. I mean, I, th- I think he needs to be more involved. I'm not saying that that's necessarily going to be a cure-all or some sort of like magic elixir for this team, obviously. But that said, they drafted him to be a contributor, so I'd like to see him get a little bit more of an opportunity there. Outside of that, man, unless you have Bradley Beal on your team, it's it's really hard to feel good about anything with this club. And who knows? Because, you know, Be- look, Beal said he wants to win in Washington. Washington says they don't want to trade him. But, you know, as long as the Wizards suck, there's going to be smoke and, you know, perhaps eventually there's fire. But I don't think right now that that's, that's their mindset. They've had such a tough time. And, you know, the Davis Bertans contract looks like another sunken cost, at least right now, for a franchise that's had such unfortunate luck with, with recent contract history. It, it's, it's weird in Washington, man. I would avoid it at all costs. Uh, real reality wise, I think that they should consider starting Bertans and taking out Rui until they can figure out what they're doing with them. Like you said, seven shots in his twenty five minutes as a starter. 
I, he he he's he's being dropped from me like today, in my opinion. I I can't roster him anymore. Uh, there's just other potentials out there. Like uh, again, a uh, Robert Williams. We talked about a lot last time you and I were on the show together. Larry Nance is still sitting on my wire, and I'm th- and I know that there's no real timetable here, but I mean. We expect a week or two, possibly after the break. Just may, I, I don't know if he's a better stash. I mean, I I would assume he's the better stash because I'm just letting go of Rui. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I I had this sort of inner monologue with myself earlier today because Rui's a guy who I spent some fab budget on earlier this year to put on my team, thinking, okay, here's a guy who's upside. I could gamble on. The Wizards aren't that good. Maybe he, you know, breaks out a little bit and. Outside of really just you know two or three games, he's been so largely disappointing. I think he's ranked outside the top 200 for the year. I mean, for me, he's definitely droppable at, at this point. I'm not saying I'm dropping him to just pick up some guy who's playing that night for the sake of it because you know none of my categories are that close at, at this point in the matchup. But I'm not saying he's he's impossible to drop either. In fact, I think it's more than likely he belongs on the waiver wire just – you know, that that name value and, and sort of the attachment, right, depending on how you view him, always is going to have that hesitation for the fantasy general manager. But remove the name, man, and it's it's a no-brainer. Yeah, there's just so many other guys that are still out there, like just Robert Williams at the top of my head. Michael Carter-Williams is, I think, like only 10% owned in leagues, and he's starting to get hot as the starting point guard over there in Orlando. So... There's just other there's just other players out there right now that I think consistently help you where Rui's just been so inconsistent and I think his role is uh undefined right now on what they need him to do as that starting forward. So that's that's why I kinda I, I see him as a droppable player. I'm gonna view him from the sidelines now. I can't have him on my team anymore. Yeah, I think that's a fair take and, and you know it is what it is. I, I think, you know, especially in this year, you need players who are going to produce more often than not, right? Yeah, for sure, you need, especially in this in this year and in what's going on. Let's go ahead and move on to the next game here, and this one was actually a lot of fun. Uh, I, I never know what Boston team is going to show up, but they're on a two-game win streak now as Boston squeaks out a win over the Clippers, who were without Kawhi Leonard. He was a late scratch to this game. 117-112 was the final score. Let's go ahead and start off on this Boston side here, Ethan. Tatum, 14-5-5 with two steals. Jalen Brown had 18 points, five rebounds, two assists, and a steal. And then Kemba, man, fi- I, I really believe he's starting to find his he's He's found his legs. not starting anymore. He's found it. His scoring is back. 25-4-6 here in this game. And then Tristan Thompson did, did his thing with 13-9 and nine, uh, as a, in 20 minutes as a starter. Uh, what stood out to you most about the, the Boston, Boston side today? Well, I think, you know, it's rare that in a game that Tatum has more shot attempts and points scored that they're able to come out with the victory. So you have to be encouraged by that and partially based on what you said, right? Kemba Walker has certainly looked a whole lot better. And, you know, if you were able to grab him for your fantasy team, especially if you were able to grab him, let's say, even on the waiver wire, if you're playing in a more shallow league, then, you know, I think I think you have to be encouraged by what you see. I know the Celtics have to be encouraged by what they see. That said, you know, there are still some overall questions I have about Boston, and that's a team that I like a lot. But the thing that really stands out for me in terms of this game was a guy that we were just talking about and we talked about a couple weeks ago, Robert Williams. His playing time is finally there. He got almost 22 minutes in this game, 13-8 and with four dimes, which is a nice bonus, 
but also the three blocks, and that's why he's on your team, man. Over the last handful of games, I mean, he's just been an absolute game changer. And, you know, if you were fortunate enough to grab him from the wire, you have to be doing backflips. He's a guy for me who's been on and off my team like four or five different times this year. And, unfortunately, I didn't grab him back around on this cycle. But uh, he's certainly paying paying dividends for the GM who was fortunate to grab him. Man, I'm with you on that same boat. But he was dropped two days ago. So after his last game, I don't know if they don't pay attention enough to what Brad Stevens was saying, uh, saying that they're they're actually going to start giving the Time Lord some minutes. And uh, he's out on waiver claims right now, man. And I'm trying to swoop him back up. But he's been on and off my team all year long. I've been pushing and, like, like willing the Time Lord train. I want him to get more minutes free. Robert Williams. I think I think it's been time for a minute. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if he's out there, I think he's he's close to being a must own player in my opinion. If he's getting twenty minutes a night, that's he's a guy that can win you the block category in, in some leagues. So I like him, man. Over his last three games, he's seen twenty two, eighteen, and twenty one minutes. That that's a good sign to me. That that's exactly what I want to see out of Robert Williams. Uh, let me ask you this uh, before we move over to the Clippers here, Ethan. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, teammates will become opponents during the All Star game at halftime during the three point contest. If you had to choose one or the other, who are you betting on? I'm probably betting on Tatum. I'm taking that bet. I'm taking JB. And I like I like Jalen Brown. In fact, I like. Like I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I actually like Jalen Brown more than I like Jason Tatum as a, as a player right mm-hmm. now at least. Okay, I think he's better. But I think Jason Tatum kind of likes the moment of that sort of thing a little bit more than Jalen Brown my value. it. Jalen Brown isn't, isn't in it so much for that. And I think Tatum is still a little part of him enjoys that a little bit more. The showy. The show. Yeah, I think I think he's a little more showy than Jalen Brown. Yeah. Uh, one for five for Tatum tonight from three point range. Two for three for Jalen Brown. A big one. Six for twelve for Kemba Walker from three point range. That's pretty crazy. Uh, you got you got the Clippers side for me here, Ethan. Yeah, I think from the Clippers side. Look, with Kawhi Leonard being a late with a late scratch, you knew Paul George was going to have a big game, right? Thirty two points, five rebounds, four assists, and a steal. You'd like to see a little bit better than 12 to 26 shooting, but that's what happens when you shoot 15 threes. He did make five of them, but, you know, that's still only 33.3%. Reggie Jackson stepped up and no Kawhi Leonard. Reggie Jackson played 37 minutes, 25 points, three boards, seven assists for Jackson on 10 of 10 of 14 shooting, which, wow. I mean, you got to love that if you're both the Clippers and if you're somebody who gambled on him with five threes in this one. Nick Batum was rather ordinary, 10-5-3, sort of a standard Batum line in his 30 minutes of action. Serge Ibaka was a little bit MIA, only 3 of 9. Uh, you'd, you'd like to see a little bit more from that, but Tristan Thompson, Robert Williams, that's a tough matchup to deal with. Patrick Beverly was sort of everywhere in this game across the stat sheet, 8.6 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks. So, you know, if you're a Patrick Beverly guy, that's the sort of production you want to see. Lou Williams continues to have a very strange season, sort of up and down, right? 12 points and four assists in this one, only 22 minutes. Zubi Zoo, Ivica Zubats, eight points, 10 rebounds, three assists in his 20 minutes of action. And then uh, Marcus Morris Sr., and I think, you know, this is this is uh, pertinent to the Clippers, so that obviously he sustained a concussion in this game, did not return. The Clippers gave Luke Kennard a four-year, $64 million contract extension, if I'm remembering correctly, Vince. Yep, yep, yep. 
He played five minutes. I know. <laughs> I know. That's crazy, dude. What is going on? Do you know anything? Like, are, have you been hearing anything from the Clippers side? Have you read anything? Or what? What's going on? Like, how do you pay a guy that that you thought could be a passer score for you and say maybe in the playoffs? I mean, I just I think that in the NBA, what we've seen is that teams have a shift of what they're paying for, right? So they're more willing to pay for that elite skill, such as Joe Harris's shooting. Than a guy like Montrez Harrell, who's just sort of an energy guy, and yeah, he'll 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 shoot it at an efficient rate, and yeah, he'll rebound the basketball, but he doesn't do anything really at an elite level, right? And we've seen teams chill out for defenders, et cetera, et cetera. Derek Jones Jr. is a good one that comes to mind. And so I just feel like for for this team, I don't know, man. It's it's weird. It's it's weird. It's it I, I feel like the sense. idea of the idea of Luke Kennard is better than the reality of Luke Kennard. And at the same time, I feel like the Clippers, maybe they're trying to send a message to Kawhi Leonard that they're trying to build a continuity. Maybe they're trying to protect themselves in the event that Kawhi Leonard chooses to leave their team. I just don't know who they were bidding against for his services and in particular at that number. Yeah, so I have the extension here in front of me. It's a four-year $64 million extension with $56 million of it guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, look, how <laughs> Luke got three years and $40 million, and I think the third year of his uh, deal is partially guaranteed. Like, how does Kuzma get $40 million, but Kennard gets $64 million? Is it because Kennard's an excellent three-point shooter? Is that really worth that much more money? I don't understand that. I mean, we're about to find out because his, his value is about to be tested. I think there's a lot of guys that were paid based on their shooting and their potential that are going to be on the move. And I put... Oh, I'll I'll eat a Luke Kennard san- a sandwich. I'll literally eat a piece of his jersey if he finishes his current contract as a member of the Clippers without getting traded at any point. Oh, he, I, I, I would bet that he's traded at the deadline here. Like, I don't see him on this team. I think Nick Batum stepping in the way he did, filling that role, now solidifying himself as a starter. I think Morris and Kennard are both on the block. Lou Will should be on the block, and he probably is. But they they need help, I think, when they hit the playoffs. Like, obviously, this Clippers team is good. Their defense is going to be there. But like you said, man, they're overpaying Luke Kennard. Their depth is so hit or miss. And, and they're sixth man of the year. And Lou Will is is gone, and that's why. And now that you have Montrez gone, I think there's a lot to be needed on this team before the playoffs come around. And I think they have players here that are, could be useful in other areas. But right now, I, I think there's going to be changes for the Clippers coming up. And it's not for a hot take on this game. It's something I've been feeling for a while now. It's just now that we're talking about contracts, it was it was brought up. So I had, to, I had to get that rant out there real quick. <laughs> I, think, I think that's more than fair, and I think it provides a perfect segue into our next game. Hawks beating the Heat, Vince, 94-80. to 80. Hawks 15-20, first game after firing now ex-head coach Lloyd Pierce. They come out and they beat a Heat-Miami team by, four, by 14 points. Trey Young, 18 points and 10 assists in this game. Only 5 of 12 from the field, but that's more or less what you expect. Four threes for him in this one. Uh, Clint Capella, 10 points, 17 rebounds, uh, just one block, so not a whole lot defensively. 
John Collins looked like he was on his way to a decent game, 17 points and seven rebounds he finishes with without any defensive stats, but I do not believe he even played in the fourth quarter. So I think I'd start there for this game, my man. John Collins, what what, what do you do if you drafted John Collins this season? You have to hope he gets traded at the deadline and sa- saves whatever season he has left for you for where you draft him. He was drafted in the, in the the late third, early fourth rounds I've seen sometimes. So, well I'm, ahead of Julius Randle. Yes, well, well ahead of Julius. Randle. I'm gonna be honest. Julius Randle wasn't even on my draft sheet this year, so don't feel too bad, John Collins owners. Uh, but I, I, I just think he just needs a new change of scenery. I, I have, I, I have such a strong feeling that there's gonna be multiple teams chasing him, and one is going to be the Hawks. I, I bring the, or not the Hawks, the uh, the Hornets, and I bring them up all the time whenever there's a center that's on the block, but again, I, he would be the perfect fit for that that speed and everything. I, I think he just needs a change of scenery. I think it's time. What are you trading if you're the Hornets? Almost anything, man. I think Devontae Graham, Cody Zeller, Bismack Biombo, if someone, if anyone will take that contract. I'm, I'm, I'm even shopping scary Terry Rozier. I mean, I think yeah, I, I, I think, think you need to start I, building. Okay, I think that's fair. I don't know that the Hawks look at the Hornets roster and go, eh, you know what I mean. But I like, but I like the idea of him there, and I do think you know John Collins is going to be more valuable almost anywhere outside of Atlanta at this point than he is right there in terms of the fantasy landscape. Danilo Gallinari, eight points off the bench. The Hawks got barely anything else. Uh, it was nice to see Bogdanovich back on the floor. Obviously, Bogdan Bogdanovich has missed a lot of time due to that knee avulsion fracture uh, subsequent uh, time period he missed. But only played 16 minutes, so if you picked him up, you probably got to be patient. Five points, four assists. Uh, not a whole lot to speak of bench-wise. On the Miami side, it was just sort of an ugly game. I mean, they're still missing Jimmy Butler, obviously, so that's a factor. But when your high scorer is Goran Dragic and Duncan Robinson sky tied, excuse me, for 14 points. Something has gone very wrong. Yeah, it was a it was a quiet game for a lot of these guys. I mean, look at Kendrick Nunn started this game and he's been hot. 6 points. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In this game, in 35 minutes as a starter, he did get three steals, so he did fill out the stat sheet a little bit for you guys. But, I mean, six points on three of 12 shooting, that's just horrible. And even your guys' highest score, or the, the Heat's highest score, 14 points for both of them, both shot 5 of 11. They're literally, like, just copying each other on the stat sheet here. Uh, Tyler Hero, I think, had the best line uh, over everybody. I mean, even Biombo was horrible tonight, though. 11 points and only two rebounds for Bam. It was just a quiet night for the Heat. Uh, I had them as a one-unit play on Hoopball Gaming today. So and I th- I was hoping and I and I thought that Jimmy Butler was gonna play. So when I made that bet, I thought it was gonna happen that way. But I'm glad I cut it down in half. But nothing really here for me on the Heat side, man. I think the the bigger questions for me on the Heat is when is when is uh, Jimmy Butler coming back, 
And is are they going to make the playoffs? Nothing really fantasy in my head about this team, unless you have anything. Nothing, nothing pretty standard in terms of you know you usually know what you get when you uh, roll out Bam Adebayo or Jimmy Butler when he's in the lineup. But outside of that, you know it is what it is, and uh, just a weird game without Jimmy Butler. Obviously, they're going to struggle offensively. Uh, you know, a strange game for a different reason for me, my man, was the Spurs Knicks game. Spurs whooped that ass. 119-93. The Knicks obviously been playing really well. Uh, Tom Thibodeau has them performing defensively really well, but that was obviously not the case in this game. On the Spurs side of things, you know, this these, DeMar DeRozan has really diversified his game. Uh, you know, only 10 points in this one, but 11 assists and four steals. You love to see that across the board production. Jante Murray continues to be a guy who – should be more of a recognized name than he probably is around the league. 17 points, six rebounds, six assists, three steals, and three threes. So only six of 16 from the field, but you'll take that given all the production. Trey Lyles really pops out for me, especially because I picked him up on Monday looking at the schedule, immediate schedule ahead and said, huh, back to back, you love to see it. Trey Lyles, 30 minutes. 18 points, five rebounds, two assists, two steals on seven of 13 with four three pointers. So big money Trey Lyles coming through for me tonight. It was interesting to me for on the Spurs side, and I and I don't know if it was only because you know they wanted to take it slow with him in his first game back, but Keldon Johnson only got 10 minutes in this game. Do you think if he was dropped anywhere, he's only owns it 66% of leagues? He he's a he's a go ad right now if he's back right even though he only played ten minutes tonight like if he's still out there available you should be going to pick this guy up. Absolutely, I, I mean I think I tweeted earlier this season something along the lines of I feel that Keldon Johnson is on the Brandon Ingram trajectory and I don't say those words lightly like I really do believe in Keldon Johnson's skill set mm-hmm. and you know the Spurs have a history of bringing players back slowly from injury developing them the right way so if you've got him on your team or especially if he's sitting on the waiver wire would not use tonight's uh, evidence as sort of a, a reason against in fact that use it as a reason for because it's great to see him back out there if you've been relying on, on Patty Mills I think it might be time to think about uh, moving on as we get closer to the all-star break and then beyond it uh, but for now 14 points he had four threes so if you if you're using him as a three-point streamer you could certainly do worse Jakob Hurdle is a guy who a lot of people have had questions about Vince but eight points eight rebounds two blocks in this game that'll certainly work it's worth noting no LaMarcus Aldridge for this one so can't have to continue to see how that plays out although I think that's going to impact Trey Lyles far more than Pirtle uh, on the Knicks side, anything in particular for you? On the Knicks side, I mean, it's the one thing that always stands out to me when I look at this team is that Reggie Bullock is still starting for an NBA team and he's getting 20 minutes a night. I'm not trying to hate on Reggie Bullock, but, man, he's been around for a minute. Uh, Julius Randle continues to do his thing, looking like an all-star, 14-11-5. Uh, R.J. Barrett finally got some scoring in him, 15-2-2 in this one, but... I mean, the thing that stands out to me the most is quickly. I was surprised he didn't get the start and that Frankie Nicotine did. And, I mean, yeah, quickly got the most minutes. He scored 26 points, 4 points, 4 assists uh, off the bench in that 29 minutes of action. But with Derrick Rose out, did you not think that quickly was going to step into that starting role? Like, were you pretty surprised that they they chose Frankie Nicotina (laughs) as the starter over him? 
Oh, I, I think I might have lost Ethan there. Uh, am I back? Yeah, you're back. You're back. You're back. I'm back. I'm back. I blame the cat across the keyboard. <laughs> I was saying that feels like it's Andre Nicotino over there. Yeah. You know, I think I think for me, uh, Tibbs is pretty staunch and and you know stingy in terms of what he likes to do rotation wise. Once he has his set, uh, his way set. And so it didn't really shock me to see that quickly. Quickly would still come off the bench. It's easy to forget that Nikila, uh, Nikila, ah, Frankie Nikitina is Frankie on this team. Nicotine. But that, but that said, you know, it's uh, it's you know, a good reminder that a team could go out there and probably acquire him for for not much. And, ter- and in terms of quickly, twenty six four and four with a steal. I mean, what more could you ask for? Nothing, man. It just sucks that he doesn't get this minutes like consistently i thought he earned it this season he's played well every time he's gotten minutes but prior to this game it was nine minutes 13 20 13 16 and then obviously today's pop was due to the fact that derrick rose was out uh due to health and safety protocol so i mean if he's on your wire and we've seen it to where when players get into this protocol obviously we wish them nothing but the best hope that they're safe but they miss at least you know seven to ten days that's a few games I know the all-star breaks around the corner, but it wouldn't be a bad idea just to swoop him up, see see if uh, he's going to continue to see those minutes and, and if Derrick Rose is coming back as fast as, you know, after the all-star break. Have him on your roster. I think he's going to do good things for you. No doubt. No doubt. Let's go ahead and move on to this next game here. This was my what should have been my underdog pick of the day, man. I felt something good about this one, but the Denver Nuggets as eight-point underdogs heading into tonight, come out victorious, 128-97 to on the road in Milwaukee against the Bucks, man. And Jamal Murray, 24 points, three rebounds, six assists, and two steal was the perfect Robin to this Batman. Nikola Jokic, the Joker, 37 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists, and two steals. That duo, man, when they're, when they're on, they are a sight to see. They are so much fun. This team... Is just so much fun. I just wish they had the supporting cast uh, that showed up consistently uh, that they need, so they can be a true contender. That's the one thing that I think this team is missing. Uh, but away from those two guys, what what stood out to you here, Ethan, about this Denver team? I think you're right on when it comes to that, and I and I think there's a I think there's a growing sentiment maybe for Nikola Jokic and his MVP case. I mean. The, the guy joined Will Chamberlain as the only center to have 50 triple-doubles tonight or some insane stat like that. I have to double-check that. But, it, I mean, it's just further highlights how, how crazy what he's doing is. Uh, P.J. Dozier came off the bench in this one for 19 points. I don't think there's any actionable item there. You know, you have to remember no Jamichael Green, no Compazzo, no R.J. Hampton, no Gary Harris, no Paul Millsap. So the Nuggets are down a lot of bodies. If you're somebody who's relying on like Monty Morris or, you know, even a Will Barton, I think you're just kind of counting your days until the Nuggets get fuller and see how that shakes out, especially in the case of Morris. But Michael Porter Jr., I continue to say, man, I think he's just more valuable to the Nuggets in a trade than he ever will be on the court. I mean, he's played better, though. I mean, you got to give credit where credit is due. I mean, Michael Porter Jr., away from this game, has been doing real work. I mean, triple uh, double doubles and three four straight games with 12 and 10, 18 and 10, 20 and 10, 17 and 15 and the day he had 11 and 7 with three three-pointers on four of nine shooting and only 24 minutes of action. I mean, I, I I'm sorry, from the last time we spoke to now, 
I think he's starting to find his legs. I think he's starting to solidify his role on this team. I think he's starting to figure out what he needs to do. He's he's turned into a a hard hold for me. I, I can't get rid of him. I can't give up on him as a nugget just yet now. He looks good. It's it's fair. I mean, look, I'm curious to see how it's impacted when, you know, Malone and and, and his crew have their full arsenal of options, but I think it's a fair take, you know. I've been I've been critical of of him and look, I, I think that I still I still don't get me wrong. I still think that if he could be the centerpiece for a Bradley Beal trade, that would be a hard thing for me to pass up. I am doing that in a heartbeat. That would be crazy. That'd be such a good deal. Yeah, I'm in on that idea for sure. Uh, We head over to the Milwaukee side, and I think the thing that stands out to me the most is Drew Holiday still coming back, 18 minutes off the bench, four points, one rebounds, three assists, and a steal. Uh, Away from that, that's the thing that'll stand out. We'll get back to that in just a second. But Giannis Antetokounmpo, 27 points, eight rebounds, three assists, one steal, two blocks. So just a normal stat line for the Giannis. Chris Middleton had 20 points, four rebounds, and six assists. But I watched this game. He seemed more quiet than his his stats show. I mean, yeah, he, he was a nice 50% from the field, 6-12 shooting, and three three-pointers. I mean, this was a, a straight Middleton line, but he just seemed so quiet in this game. It's a quiet 20 from him. DJ Augustine started 26 minutes, seven three assists, and then Brooke Lopez had 12-5, and five, but really nothing. I think that's how they lost this game. They just didn't get much help anywhere else. But back to Holiday, man, I think this is a beautiful time. If you're looking to add Holiday uh, for those defensive stats, double digit and some assists, I mean, he, he he's a top 40 guy by the end of the season, 100%. I think it's a great time to buy low on him where if you have a casual owner that doesn't really know what's going on with him, his minutes are shorter, he's not starting, now's the time. Now's the time to start feeding him some offers. Oh, sure. I mean, look, that's that's easy, and I think – with Drew, given the amount of time he missed, you know, it's going to give him the all-star break. It's going to present an opportunity for him to sort of catch back up again, right? So yeah. if you're Milwaukee, I think the story is the same as it has been for the majority of the season is they're good, but are they good enough, right? And, you know, it, for me, it's – I still – I am i don't really think so. But yeah, we won't get – we, we, we won't get into that. And, you know, I'm, I'm saving my final tirade for this Lakers-Suns game, Vince, because – I sit here and now I see the Suns at 23 and 11 have the same winning percentage as the Lakers, 24 and 12. And look, I'm not a Lakers fan or, or a critic or anything like that who's going to sit here and say that the regular season winning percentage matters. And I think seeding is going to be the end all be all, especially where you can't have fans in the majority of buildings. This game, the Lakers don't have AD, they don't have Gasol, they don't have Kuzma. So they're already going in shorthanded. I think the thing that just really surprises me is that Montrez Harrell didn't play he played 18 and a half minutes in this game and I just don't understand that I I think you know Frank Vogel talked about in the postseason last year about how other teams need to be able to adjust to the Lakers not the Lakers adjusting to other teams and it feels like he tried to adjust to the the other team and the Suns and wound up losing I can listen to you just talk about the Lakers man I love hearing Lakers man be mad at their team I love it it's my favorite thing. That's just because it's, I don't like Lakers fans. And look, it's not, you know, look, there's some people who, when Lakers were on their least, recent slide, right, they're like, you know, Frank Vogel, fire Frank Vogel. There's always going to be that crazy. that crowd of just incendiary people who are insatiable for drama for the sake of drama, not for the purpose of anything else, and certainly not progress. But at the same time, you have to sit here and look at this Lakers team and say, LeBron scored 38 points in this game. He played 38 minutes. 
Schroeder had 17. So I know you don't have AD. I know you don't have Kuzma. And I know you don't have Gasol. But Gasol, and to, to you know, obviously a lesser extent, but Gasol is really not a scorer. Kuzma's a scorer, but he hasn't been scoring much recently. He's been doing more of those little things. So you look at the bench and you see, well, THT had 16. So why didn't the Lakers perform better? Well, Caruso's night was cut short with an injury. He had seven off the bench. But I'm really looking at KCP and Wes Matthews, man. I mean, KCP, four points in 31 and a half minutes. Wes Matthews, no points again in 23 minutes. Those guys aren't contributing from behind the three-point line. They aren't making a difference in another game in terms of, you know, just the overall aspect in which the Lakers were outscored by the three point uh, at the three-point line uh, by 15 points. And in a 10-point game, that's literally the difference in the ball game. So, you know, it, it's tough to watch, but the Lakers are a team that need the all-star break arguably more than any other, and they're going to be fine, man. But in terms of fantasy value right now, if if you're trying to rely on anybody but LeBron and to a lesser extent Schroeder or Kuzma when he's out there, good, good luck to you. Trez should be better. He often is when Gasol's available. I mean, he's been easy a top 75 player this year. But for whatever reason, Frank Vogel went away from him in this one. And I think a lot of Lakers fans are sitting there scratching their head going, why? And myself included. Yeah, man, I, I, I didn't. I didn't get how they just never put him back in. I'm thinking maybe because Bridges and Jay Crowder, they're so small and they, they were getting out to that three point line. He just had no help out there. So, I mean, they switched him every time just to attack him. But. I mean, they had no rebounding help. Aiton was, I saw a rebound there in the third quarter when it was getting a little chippy. Aiton was at like dang near the three-point line and just ran down and jumped into the paint against the Lakers where it was Caruso and everybody and just snatched the ball and gave it right back to the Suns. They stayed small that whole game and it just didn't work out for them. So I don't know. That was very interesting. I thought Trez was going to have a way bigger game. He was another person in that FanDuel lineup, or DraftKings lineup I was telling you about that I that I, that I I happened to lose. Also, Devin Booker got ejected from this game, so that's a great segue into here. Where, uh, yeah, Devin Booker's night got cut short. He got ejected early in the third quarter on two technical fouls. Uh, he still finished the night with such a solid line. 17 points, three rebounds, six assists, and three steals. Uh, Chris Paul did not even score in double digits, man. He had a rough night shooting, uh, but still finished with a solid line. Eight points, five rebounds, ten assists, and the team won. So, you know, he's walking away happy. Happy uh, Bridges, I think he's, he's, he's the steal of the draft and for most people, man. 19 points, six rebounds, five assists. He was a guy that a lot of people were high on, and he's just met expectations. And sometimes he even slid because people forget about how good – Bridges is, and I think this year showed it, man. He is one of my favorite players to watch. But what stands out to you about Phoenix? Dario Saric scoring 21 freaking points off the bench is what stands out, Vince. I mean, this is a guy who's barely been on the court this season, and he decides tonight is the night he pops off and makes sure that people still remember he's in the league. 17 shot attempts for Saric off the bench, translating into 21 points. Uh, not a guy who I'm super enthusiastic about in terms of fantasy, but DeAndre Ayton only played 25 minutes in this one uh, and only had, you know, 17 and five and a block. Although, you know, if you have eight on your team this year, you, you're probably pretty pleased with the return that you've gotten. You know, overall, I think from from the Suns perspective, they just sort of reinforced the fact that they're, they're, they're a scrappy bunch, man. I mean, they're they're here to play and 
you know, again, it's a, it's a credit to Monty Williams. It's a credit to Chris Paul because, you know, he's every, everywhere Chris Paul goes, man, he's able to organize it and get it done. And, you know, unfortunately, he's never been able to push it past the finish line. But this Suns team is certainly going to present an interesting playoff opponent for anyone that that comes into contact with them. Yeah, man, I I think looking at both box scores now and just like the names that were playing such big minutes, I'm like, man, the Phoenix team literally just took this game and said, we're we're younger, I think we're faster than you, and we're just going to push you the entire time to match our pace. And uh, it worked out for them in this one. I think it'd be a whole different story if AD or, or even Gasol was playing, but... This was oh, this course. was this was a great game. I'm not gonna lie, this was a great game. I, I I actually enjoyed it. I loved how chippy it got in the third quarter. I felt like I was watching an early 2000s game. Hard fouls, people arguing. It was the best. One of the La- best games. Listen, La- Lakers had plenty of opportunities to be in this game and win this game. They just couldn't execute on certain shots. And you know when when you take when you take as a team 31 threes and you only make 11 of them. It's not because you didn't have opportunity. You just failed to convert. Well, unless there's any other things that we have here, that was our box score breakdown for, was this March 2nd? Tuesday, March 2nd in 2021. I can't believe we're already in the third month of 2021. Absolutely asinine, man. I can't can't wait to to get back to a life that uh, we all are – empowered to enjoy the things that we that we can freely and safely but also being uh, cognizant aware of our responsibilities to one another to maintain a functioning normal progressive society that embraces the idea of continuing together instead of working against one another definitely brother couldn't say it any better myself man i just I, I feel like it's just time. If I, I mean, I hope it's time. Obviously, we have to be ready, but I just want to get back to where everyone could be outside and not afraid to be standing next to somebody, and not. Yeah, no. I mean, this story about Jeremy Lin, man, that's beyond 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 words, man. And you know, for it's 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 just unfortunate because it's just another reminder of you know, people sit here and say you know think that we might be. Uh, together or we need to come together and you know um i think it's going to take a lot more than sayings and things like that for us for us to come together but you know the the work is the work is started but we got a long way to go that's the very least actions speak louder than words people don't just be say it talk about it be about it you know what i mean it's a lot no, easier about just, it sir a lot easier to just say something rather than to do something but before we let everyone go here, Ethan, let them know where they can find you online and what to be expecting from you heading into the All-Star break and uh, until the next time we talk. Of course, on Twitter at Ethan underscore Noroff, N-O-R-O-F. You can follow the Hoopball Lakers podcast at Hoopball Lakers. We'll have a new episode out for you tomorrow evening uh, or by the time that you listen to this, it will be tonight. All about the Lakers heading into the All-Star break and seeing where they go from here Hopefully, Anthony Davis coming back on the other side. So we'll see how that goes. So I think the Lakers will continue to be cautious. So that's it for me. Vince, sign us out, baby. Thank you, sir. Follow him. Subscribe to his pod, Hoopball Lakers. You already heard his rant, so I can't wait to listen to that one. You guys can follow me on all social media platforms of at VM Center. Uh, be sure to follow this site at Hoopball Tweets, at Hoopball Gaming, at Hoopball Fantasy. 
at Hoopball Everything. We, we have so many different outlets and uh, different team coverages. So at Hoopball, type in your team name, subscribe to that Twitter handle. We got a bunch of things going on for each and every team. And, and of course, fantasy basketball and sports betting. Speaking of sports betting, Monday, starting this Monday coming up, I will be doing live shows on the Hoopball YouTube channel, so definitely go subscribe there. We'll be talking about what bets we're leaning on, which way we like it, how the lines are shifting, uh, what bets you guys like, and of course we can talk a little bit of fantasy basketball or reality in there as well. Again, follow us on Twitter, rate, review, subscribe, and until next time, see you all on Thursday. Bye-bye. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.